Welcome to Books and Other Things, where two best friends with seemingly different views discuss books and other things. Hello, Kishore. Hi, Vijay. What's up, man? How you doing? Who? How was your Sunday? Sunday, I well, it was a cliche Sunday because I had double Sunday ice cream from Amul. That's that's how that's how every Sunday. <laughs> But uh, I do have an option of having muskety chocolate chocolate ripples here, and I man, I have to say they use cane sugar. It's a lot better than Amul's. Oh, you are yeah. telling this to the guy who studied in Amul. So, <laughs> so that just think the thing before you say. Yeah, I hurt my feelings. Of course, man. But uh, I want you to say that there is no monopoly over ice cream market anymore. There is a new player here, Muscatine ice cream, and you should try that. Absolutely, there is no monopoly over the ice cream market in <laughs> Alwal region in Hyderabad. I can. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, just to recap the the book that we recommended last week. So Kishore and I were supposed to read uh, the book called The Incomplete Guide to Running by Peter Segal. And today we will be discussing on that. It's a non-fiction book. It's a sort of an autobiographical book. But there is one small, I won't say spoiler, but there is one small thing that that the I think the author intended not to reveal at the start. So I, I'll uh, Kishore, we both of us will try not to you know spoil it for our view, uh, viewers, listeners. Uh, uh and and we'll give you a warning before you know we we go to that part of the book but yeah uh, yeah kishore so you read this book how, how were your in- initial thoughts and by the first thing did you run, how much did you run in this week uh this week i just ran for uh, two days around 6 kilometers High five <clears throat> hey, high five bro same same 6 kilometers yeah yeah so the running experience is a great one yeah uh, the author in this book does say that if you can't play a sport then run if you can't run then run along and that does uh, say that we all can uh, you know have a healthy hygiene a good active life but just running even yeah. if you don't have any choice of sport you know the basic review about the book i will say that this guy uh, does put in the time when he started running how he discovered running and what he thinks about it how uh, anyone we uh, anyone literally anyone can handle how do you approach running uh, and i have said running more than <laughs> six times in a row it's a uh, it's a good read i ha- i'll have to say this one but i think that's all about it uh, i'll have to ask abhijit more about it because he follows uh, more authors uh, what's his name murakami he have, you have read his book as well right so yeah i mean to be honest i have slightly mixed reviews of this book okay. partially because i have read other running books uh, so the two other books that i three other books i've read which uh, one is murakami's what i talk about when i talk about running uh, another one is christopher mcdell's uh, born to run and uh, third one is david goggins's can't hurt me which is like after the second half of it is around running and after that this so this was essentially my fourth one on running just just to give the readers the listeners a a background of this book it it's written by a guy called peter segel who is also a host of a an npr's a very popular quiz show called wait wait don't tell me and in this book he chronicles his journey how he discovered running and uh, it's it's particular about one year in his life 
which is a, which is i think from 2013 to 2014 yeah when she was around 46 or 48 years old mm. uh, and it is it is mostly it's about that one year when he went through a lot of personal or personal struggles in his you know in his marriage life with his kids as well as running yeah. so it is it is essentially around that now uh, a lot of people who who are criticizing this book is is on the fact that it includes a lot of personal stuff like he talks so he talks about his divorce uh, so this this 2013 to 14 was the one year where trains started to happen in his marriage and how he used running to cope up with it or sometimes to literally run away from his problems and uh, uh, so that way even i felt that there were some parts where he went excessively into that area yeah. while you know he could have said some more things about running or maybe exclude like uh, trim trim that book down so so that was one uh, you know thing that i, I thought after reading yeah uh, so do you want me to tell the best part that you found about this book i mean you can you start then i'll follow yeah all right so the best part i thought uh, was when this guy wanted to run a particular marathon since we are not getting into spoilers and things so he wanted to run a particular marathon and he outdid himself by the mark of time that he thought he would uh, you know set it up for himself so that was the part where uh, i i suppose you do know which part i'm talking about right yeah but i didn't in my mind i didn't intend that as the spoiler exactly like even i did not thought that he would be able to break that uh, uh, you know uh, whatever threshold that he had set up so yeah, yeah, yeah. that was quite a surprise and he had bet uh, he uh, he what do you say he beat the statistics that was uh, supposed to you know that what uh, that came out yeah. yeah he did beat the statistics and that was a really nice thing so uh, abhi do you uh, remember that uh, uh, movie chris hemsworth movie uh, that was around racing rush rush yeah yeah so it did seem like uh, this guy was following that chris hemsworth's character in a way because he set up one goal and after that he did not go through so one thing one thing that i took 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 away from this book was of how so you know in storytelling uh, so my job requires me to you know study how stories work how how to craft a good story yeah. and in storytelling the whole thing is it's storytelling is also like a marathon that uh, sometimes you you start at one place you might end at some place different you might end at the same place as well in, in fact he says uh, ki like the new york marathon is just a single loop where you start and end at the same yeah. place while i think some uh, philadelphia marathon is where you run on an l shape like you are on the completely opposite side of the city when you end so a story is also like that you you might start at one place you might end at the same place or some other place but the the point is you change like either you change either the character changes or the environment changes in 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 between that journey and you know there was a great line by faraz that said ki aap biti kaho ya jag biti meri kahani to meri kahani ki like aap biti as in mere andar jo beet rahi hai wo ya jag biti ya jo duniya mein jo beet rahi hai but at the end it is going to affect my story and i really feel ki that way that way the uh, writer did a great job at restricting restricting it at just one year yeah. 
and then telling the story of that like how he was before and how how that one year changed him how the how the marathon he took up how the running he took up in that year changed him uh, which was very evident in the the in the last chapter in the postscript of the book exactly so so so, so that was a take the author did uh, take the liberty to you know revolve around his like as he seemed necessary but i did not find uh, any part of that a drag and uh, i would uh, like to uh, you know mention a few quotes that i like from the book what do you what do you say yeah should i go yeah absolutely yeah i have about uh, one two three three quotes that i like three quotes from the book which uh, the author peter segel says and one quote that uh, he mentions of someone else so So I'll start with that one. Okay. So the first quote is Kafka's observation that he mentions that the meaning of life is that it ends, yeah. and uh, nothing rings true uh, more than this one because that does tell us a lot about our ephemeral uh, character of you know that time that we have on this this speck of <laughs> dust in the cosmos. You know, just. yeah uh, uh, just randomly thrown around the other one would be okay time and age are not walls but fences and fences can be jumped so this he does mention at a particular time when he sets a target for himself and uh, the other ones are uh, the perfect mile race is one in which you lose consciousness just on the other side of the finish line so yeah, yeah. i definitely i really like this approach so Uh, yes. Insane story. In fact, yeah. In fact, the second quote, even I remember, you know, uh, marking it, and I, I remember it clearly. That fence one. Yeah. You and I really liked it when, like, it's a, it's a great analogy. Exactly. And uh, the final quote would be that, uh, get out there, punish yourself, feel something. Sometimes pain seems like the only solution to a general numbing. So these uh, these re- these parts of these lines in the book I thought was really thought provoking and I was like this is definitely something that I should think about. He does talk about time, age, pain, and the the so called perfect experience of a marathon, of a perfect mile, of a perfect run. How one should really enjoy that and how uh, how a run should exactly be. Yeah. Yeah. Up to you, bro. Uh, what are your favorite lines? No. Ah, uh, so there is one particular section where he talks about how to run. You don't need anything else apart from like he say he mentions that just run. Like if you if you don't have shoes, it's okay. Wear you know chappals or sandals or something. If you don't have that, run barefoot on ground. It's okay. Like just run. You don't need you know gym membership or anything. Where he said that. we feel we need so many things to run because there is there is like a multi billion dollar industry who is profiting off of it and then he mentions this is no different than the superstition that is uh, that a lot of people have so i'll i'll just quote quote it in fact we are still in the thrall of superstition there is little difference between a man in detroit buying sneakers with michael jordan's image on them in the hope that it will help him jump faster farther and a chinese man buying powdered rhino horn in the hope that it will make him more viral <laughs> yeah. and so he i, I really like that you know the uh, the comparison that he uh, uh, about how you know i mean we are still following superstitions even if in in the name of brands and in the name of you know cool new new items yeah. 
uh, which is not a good thing coming out of someone who works in advertising <laughs> however uh, yeah it is a bit ironic because uh, we, the whole idea of advertising is to create the need yeah you, you <laughs> it, it i if i I'm, i'm not overstating is uh, advertising does create an influence you know a, a desire of need yeah, yeah. so the, huh, absolutely. so yeah so uh, so uh, uh, shall we dive down uh, into more specifics uh, shall we open that uh, our conversation to be more uh, uh, detailed yeah, yeah absolutely let's yeah yeah let's so yeah. Uh, uh, i uh, would you uh, would you like to start about the uh, the boston marathon race that he ran absolutely so this was the spoiler that i was talking about initially so he he in fact the book starts with a specific run where the author peter segel is is helping a blind person called william run boston marathon and then that chapter ends abruptly like it ends at a point where he doesn't say how the race went you know this or that it just then he the next chapter then starts with his uh his i think his college years and his childhood and then everything and you then forget about the race uh, the the marathon about william and then i think around the mid part of the book he again comes back comes back to william yeah. and that is when you realize okay it was that boston marathon exactly. where uh, bombing took place and and coincidentally peter and william were one of the last people to walk that pin uh, before the bombing took he was i mean they were like a minute or two just a minute or two away from that uh, bombing and in fact he mentions a really good uh, story where william was completely tired and he walked i think from mile uh, 24 to 25 william completely yeah. walked and because peter was helping him he also had to walk and peter was under the guise that okay william is going to walk the entire marathon whatever remaining whatever one mile is left but at that time william decided to run and because of that running they saved 5 minutes and those 5 minutes were the ones that like they uh, the the, the uh, that, that was the 5 minute time advantage they got before that bombing happened and so he 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 says it in a very grateful way but the storytelling he viewed was bit yeah kishan all right uh well i did not uh, expect that he would have ran that uh, marathon where uh, that unfortunate incident took place but uh, there uh, there was this um, uh, this sense of awe in uh, surviving such incidents i have to say uh, okay so here's something that i want to ask uh, what do you think uh, about the personal experience that he mentioned uh, in his book about uh, the way he lived his life about how he discovered cooking when he got divorced uh, what do you think uh, uh, what do you think you have to say do you agree with that guy yeah absolutely like um, you know there was that I, i mean in my initial pointer when i mentioned i said he he goes a lot into personal stuff yeah. but to be honest i mean in a way i do do like that he went that way not as much as he went but i do like because other other books stay away from the whole personal family stuff while he was very open and it also shows that you know the people that we hear or see on on media on tv on in movies yeah. they, all of them are a lot of them might be struggling their personal it's not as cookie cutter as it, as it seems mm. he all at one point he mentions about uh, how he had to find a place and, and like the the house that he was currently staying in 
his daughter was telling him to leave it otherwise you know just to irritate him that yeah. like become sort of a toxic person for the other people in the family so he had to change houses yeah i mean that was and after that he started cooking when there was no one else like he was the only guy living in there so he took up cooking and yeah i mean it shows like you know there is a character arc here like one thing happens then you learn then the next thing happens then you learn that is how you gradually improve or worsen but i mean some change happens that is how the story moves forward but yeah i mean absolutely like that that part i did relate to it and you know i i did empathize with the the one thing i like about the writing is he didn't villainize yeah. he didn't or you know show in bad light uh, his ex wife or uh, or whatever that went through he just put it out there that this is what happened this is what i went through mm. uh, and it's a very non judgment yeah i do agree so see uh, there was a neutral tone to his narration and uh, yeah i do agree the way he discovered cooking uh, see uh, he did he does mention uh, the way Uh, a few things that why cooking is important the way it, you know makes a connection and why the food is so good <laughs> because because yeah. you have to love yourself first then and uh, food is an extension of love and uh, those were really sweet things that uh, he did say so whenever i think about food now i do think about my mom and how much she loves me because i do find the food so tasty every time i have but 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 you also mentioned to cook your own food <laughs> so do do that i do suppose there is some uh, time for that to happen but yeah i definitely it's nice like to be honest after i took up running last year around october november yeah. uh, you know running working out all that jazz after that even i started cooking up food myself so initially it was just eggs like boiling eggs then it went to making something like a omelet or a bhurji then it went to making pasta and all uh, then it went to making mushroom and all so i mean it uh, you, not that kind of mushroom <laughs> the yeah i mean i did yeah i did relate with what the uh, author said like you learn a lot just by observing yourself in exactly. so these i don't think such things are, for for all these things you need a you know a reality show or uh, an expense subscription to Uh, of course it's just being sensible about our own actions mm. so yeah okay. uh, so what is we, uh, do we think we can talk uh, uh, what okay sorry wait, wait, wait. so what okay yeah. one thing i i really you know this say that don't just a book by its cover yeah. and all do the title of this book i thought was slightly misleading because he mentioned it as the incomplete book of running <laughs> yeah i he, i think that it, it's a complete book in its own uh, parameters no, dude i mean i felt like it should have been sort of the title should have been more on a memoir sort of because it's as much about his personal life as as it is about running okay. so he should have you know something around his life it should have been and not about running that is what i felt like i mean the title was very clearly put to you know obviously if increase sales uh, it's it was a good tactic but it could have been something around his personal life the title and it would have you know made sense as well yeah okay i have this is the first running book that i have read so i do think it it, it did feel sort of complete because i don't think any book ever will be complete because this does follow vincy's quote when he says that no art is complete art is never completed it's just abandoned 
I don't think we as humans will ever get to complete a thing in its entirety. Yeah, so I do think the because the title was you know at least uh, you know it was apt. But I, I think I, I'm glad that we do agree about a few things here. So I'm not I'm not uh, arguing about that the complete part of it. I'm talking about the running part of it. Like it could have been like some. The title makes it seem that it's only about running, which okay. it's not. It's about more things, and I feel the title does not make do justice to the book. I would say. But yeah, I mean we digress. Yeah, it's a good thing that we do. Uh, all right. Uh, so there is one more thing that I want to talk about this book. Uh, that um, that is a what do you say? Uncomfortable mention that a uh, lot of runners have to go through the bowel movement. <laughs> oh man, you are you are hitting the pace. <laughs> so uh, he he does mention he, he was uh, I have to say he was a, you know he was pretty. If I can, if I can say <laughs> exactly, and he was really open about all this. Uh, uh, what do you say? His <laughs> his schedules <laughs> and how <laughs> crowded. Yeah, yeah. It would be a you know it would be a mistake to uh, to you know call it a schedule because they were totally unscheduled, and his body was not really cooperating with him whenever he uh, ran. And he, he yeah. I, and I, I'm glad that he was. Uh, if I could say. Uh, shameless about his <laughs> deeds uh, that he he did behind a bush or uh, or how he went into a, uh, a Starbucks cafe with a serious face and you know just went outside from an you know back door without questioning uh, <laughs> him. Yeah. So that uh, you know there are parts I think there uh, does uh, tickle your funny bones. It's a bit funny there, but uh, ha- so Abhijit, here's a question for you: Have you? Run any marathon, five k, ten k, or do you have any plan? I mean, obviously, like the farthest I have run till now is I think three and a half k, okay. like in one stretch. So I do. I I hope like by this year and till the time this year ends, I think I'll be good enough to run at least the ten k. Right. But uh, yeah, let's see. How I you? have my eyes set on a five k, uh, for now because yeah. Okay. Huh, so I'm I'm training for a five k. So I'm following a couch to okay. 5k program, but uh, so that I think should be done by maybe around May or June, and uske baad, you know, then maybe a 10k. Who knows the way the the last year went? I mean, I don't want to make any plans. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. Uh, Abhijit, do you have any final thoughts on this book? Uh, n- not much. I just have one thing. Like, if if anyone here wants to, you know, is if if you are a runner, you can you know pick this book and it will. It's a good read, you know. You'll you'll breeze through it in three four days. If you are not a runner uh, and you want to start running, I would suggest I would suggest pick Murakami's What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, or maybe uh, Born to Run. Born to Run is a pretty good, uh, pretty good. Like it's one of the OG books of running, so that should take you home. And after that, you can maybe come to this book. Yeah, that's right, it. Then. So we good to close this then. All right. Uh, so yeah. this does bring us to the most important part part of this podcast of deciding the next book that we'll discuss for the next week. So I do. So what do you think? Uh, where will we go? What do you think uh, will be the genre? Yeah, I mean, I mean to just to keep our listeners aware. So every week one yeah. person recommend. So last week was my turn, and I recommended yeah. this book because it had a logic. Both of us have started to run next. I hope Kishore, you also follow a logic and you keep both our interests. <laughs> so, I, 
Yeah, Actually, I have a, I have three books in my mind uh, that I want to. Classic. <laughs> See, the first one I will be honest because uh, uh, this was Ayn Rand's uh, Atlas Shrugged because it's on capitalism. I do think it's important because uh, of how uh, she's a proponent of capitalism. I want to see how that goes. Either we can do that, or we can go with the Master and Margarita. So, Master or Margarita, or maybe the first uh, book in the Dune trilogy. So, <laughs> so, so okay. So, all right. Here's something we'll do. So, we'll keep the trilogy off, and uh, we'll keep the Soviet satire uh, away. So, we'll go with uh, Atlas Shrugged. What do you say? <laughs> I'm crying. Like I'm. I haven't read that book, but I've seen it, and it's, it's not. not, not <laughs> yeah, okay. So, okay. All right, all right. Uh, I, so, I do have one uh, another book. Okay, can you smaller one? Please pick a yeah. book that. No, I mean it's okay if it's a longer one, but something not dark. Like, dude, I'm still <laughs> trying to read from 1980. Hey, but Iron Man's books are not dark. Uh, they are more like the. Um, so okay, so I have read the uh, you know the the Fountainhead. So it does, uh, it epitomizes a particular uh, emotion that the author feels about. So that's what uh, the author is. I think it's very capable of doing. Uh, so, so, so yeah, we can go with Iron Rand's, uh, you know, Atlas Struck or uh, maybe Snow Crash. What do you say? Uh, I'm not sure of No Crash. Like, oh, oh, it's a scientific fiction. I, uh, so I don't know. It's some. Uh, Neil Stephenson guy, I don't know, he, he wrote about that. Folks, there was a technical difficulty with Anchor, the platform that we use for recording our podcasts. And because of that, the last part wasn't actually recorded. But the book that Kishore suggested for this for next week is Neuromancer by William Gibson. So do check out our next week's episode to see how we found that book. Thank you. And that's a wrap.